And I'm Karen Wright. It is 934, and joining me now is our good friend Harvey Hess, who is a master gardener, as I am. And Harvey, you're in for Barb, because Barb's down in probably warm Georgia, and we're going to expect six to nine inches of snow. She's she's probably glad she's down there, I'll bet, don't you think? (laughs) I think so, too. Yeah, well, hey, we had uh, somebody text me this week and ask about, should I be planting, or when should I be planting my tomato seeds and i think they were thinking you know it, it's getting warm and and spring is here because the first day of spring was this week should i plant them now and i actually called you just to double check because you are the pepper and the the tomato expert because that's your specialty and i want you to talk about to folks who are anxious because everybody's anxious you want to get something in the ground you think oh, well if i start them early then they'll be bigger and i'll be ahead of everybody but not true the, pro- the problem with most people is they start seeds, they don't have a, a adequate light uh, for them, too. And uh, tomatoes, uh, I won't plant any or start any seeds until uh, at least after the first week of April. So you're talking first week of April to mid-April to start your tomato seeds? That, that will be the first batch that okay, I start. the and first then, batch. But I'll start some towards after the middle of April, too. So is that diff- because of the different varieties? or? Well, not so much the different varieties, but uh, who wants them. Now, I, I'm a firm believer that I don't plant any tomatoes or peppers until after Memorial Day. In the ground. In the ground. Right. And so if you're growing them in someplace under lights and stuff like that, they get long and leggy. Right. And uh, it really kind of sets them back a little bit. Uh, so the best thing to do is, is to get them up, uh, oh, maybe 10 inches tall or something like that. I have a little greenhouse. Right. And I, but I start every, I got a heated garage and I start everything out there. And then after it gets warmer, so I don't have to heat the greenhouse overnight because that, it gets cold in there. The tomatoes are, and peppers both are heat loving plants. They do oh. not like cold. In fact, you know, Barb and I have t- chatted about this. One year when I was up in the community gardens, I thought, ha, I'm going to get my tomatoes out. And it was still April. And I thought, because I'm going to show everybody my tomatoes are going to be bigger and better. Well, you know what? They don't like cold. They like any, you know, it's got to be at least 60, 70. Anything, uh, if you get down to 50 degrees, especially with peppers. They stunt them. Yeah, it'll just, even some of them will die from it. Right. But, you know, if if you're going to have them, wait until the ground warms up. Now, we're talking about air temperature, but also ground temperature. Ground temperature is a key. It's the same thing because those plants got to get in this cold ground. They don't like that. Right. So tomatoes, the thing is, you're not going to be ahead by starting them. No. earlier you know like like harvey will have some of the nicest tomatoes you can imagine he starts them in the beginning of april to mid-april and then some a little later with the seeds and then you plant them and then you sell a lot of them that at the the master gardeners uh sale we have a sale in the was it the second saturday third, in may third, third i think third in may and you will have a lot of different varieties can you talk about some of the varieties you're going to be having at that sale i i probably won't have as many as i've had in the past but there is some that i have that I don't plant, but other people like. And it's everybody's got their own choice. But as, for, as far as I'm concerned, if I want a slicer, I plant uh, Better Boy. Better Boy's a good one. If I want something for salsa or something like that, uh, the Roma type, I've got two of them. Uh, one is called um, Big Mama, mm-hmm. and the other one is called Super Sauce. 
The super sauce gets very baked. They do because I had them last year, and they were huge, and they produce, and they produce, and they produce. Yeah, they are. They are good for for, but they get a little dry in the center. Yes, my uh, daughter likes them, but uh, the uh, big mamas they're a little bit smaller, but they're bigger than a regular Roma. Mm-hmm. And that's the first ones that I had before I had the super sauce. So I'll have both of those, too. And then I'll have a white tomato. Now, that's a unique thing because, I mean, nowadays they've got purple tomatoes, black uh, tomatoes, white tomatoes. Do you like the white tomato? See, when I think of white, I think no flavor, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't plant it anymore. I, I I never liked it that much. But, but somebody wants them that you in, oh in yeah. from the sale that I know you get it for. My sister got got some on a lark and told me to raise them, and I had them at this sale. And this one lady, she tried them, and I thought, well, I'm not going to plant them next year. She was back there, and she wanted her white tomatoes. So I've been growing white <laughs> tomatoes just for her every and, year. And Harvey been growing for me tomato berry. Both Barb and I love the tomato berry. We've talked about this. It's, it's a smaller tomato. It's shaped like a strawberry. It's indeterminate, yes. which means it grows and grows. Oh, yep. And it's so good. It's, it's a cherry cherry tomato. But it's shaped like a strawberry, so they call it tomato yeah. berry. Yeah. And do you like those too, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have one of those. And uh, one in the garden is enough, even for me. Yes, one, and that is true. I've got one tomato berry. very prolific. Very prolific. And, you know, I go out in the garden, and I normally am not a tomato lover, but those I will eat like candy just off the vine. I worked in a, uh, one place up in, in town here and uh, one spring, and I always took care of the tomatoes. And somebody comes in and wants a cherry tomato or, or something. I said, now, you know, you've got to plant that within a foot of your lawn. They look at me. And I says, well, if, it, if it, they're that close, when you're riding by on the lawnmower, all I have to do is reach out and grab some. <laughs> so there was a function to, that was practical <laughs> yeah. purpose. I love it. That's a great, that's a great uh, advice. Now, peppers, I'll start a little bit earlier. I have. Oh, uh, have you started peppers already? I have started some peppers. I have I got hot peppers and um, sweet peppers, and I think I've got uh, probably six six or seven different varieties of each that I'll have, and I'll have some of those at the plant sale too. But I have um, a lot of sweet uh, bells. I have a little, real little bells. Um, as far as hot peppers go, I have a lot of jalapenos. That's what people recognize and like the most. Right. Um, there you had a one that was really kind of unique, though, you told me about. There was one that's uh, called ghost pepper. Oh, I've now that's... That is a very it's hot It's so hot one. that you feel like you want to turn into a ghost and disappear, maybe. But I got one this year for the first time that it claims to be hotter than the ghost pepper. You know what it's called? It, it's a long word. It's, oh, okay. I can't pronounce it, and I can't spell it. So remember to spell it. So. so these are for people who like punishment you <laughs> like <some sort. laughs> well i have one one guy in, in our church and he just loves hot peppers and sometimes i i grow uh, ornamental peppers now they are very hot and, and they have the little teeny they're just like your finger yeah. size of your fi- end of your finger but they are a lot of them are edible and i've given him some of them uh, no, he just no, eats them. Yeah, he just oh eats them. No. He likes to cut them up with food and, and stuff like that. But he eats a lot of them. But wow! But I started some peppers already, and um, I will start some more a little bit later. Okay, Harvey, I'm feeling behind now because 
when when you and I met, we, we saw each other um, at the garden meeting on Monday night, yeah. and you were talking about your peppers, and I said, oh, I have I don't think I've gotten my seeds. I ordered my special uh, peppers. I love the yum yum mm-hmm. pepper variety. They're they're real smaller, just a snack size sweet, kind of like a mini baby bell, but they're 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 called yum yums, and they're just the best I've ever had. And the only place before that I could find them was at Gurney's, so I had ordered them way back. Uh, I don't know, it was probably January something. And when I saw you on Monday, I thought, well, gosh, I've got to, because you said we should get the seeds in. I better go check because I don't think I've got that yet. Well, I haven't got it. So yesterday I called the company. And this is the thing with mail order things. Sometimes they're really great and sometimes not. So this is what happened to my mini bell or my uh, yum yum pepper. I called yesterday and they said, well, look at the tracking because they have FedEx tracking. And January 15th, they had tracked my mini bells from, I don't even remember where the headquarters of Gurney's is, to the last place they were is like on January 18th was in Matamidi, Minnesota. And I said, well, that doesn't help me because I'm in Mankato. (laughs) Minnesota and I don't have them yet and the 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 gal on the phone says well we can you know re we'll reorder them for you I said oh okay great so fine well I had also ordered something called Harrier Beats it was a new kind of beat that just said they sounded like they were just wonderful and I always like to try something new and she said I'm sorry but the Harrier Beat seeds are out of stock I said you're kidding me I ordered extra early like we always tell people order extra early to make sure you get what you want because sometimes they run out and so I was out real happy and I noticed then online I said well it says you still got the Harrier beet seed on a seed tape well yes but um but uh you know they were $11.99 versus $3.99 or something for the seeds and she says well I'll cancel she says well I can order that for you I says well am I gonna have to pay the $11.99 well yes and I said no so plus, um, yeah, she said, well, well, I'll, I'll, I won't charge you shipping. No. So anyway, I'm not going to get my Harrier Beats unless somebody knows maybe where there's some seeds on that. But um, and I'll get them. So am, am I still OK to plant my pepper seeds? Because now I'm worried oh, yes. you've got yours in Parvy and I'm thinking I'm behind. No, well, I've got some in now, but I'm going to be planting more, too. So I'm good. And these actually are I, I want to say they're only 55 or 58 yeah. days. So they're going to be probably fine. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe have to give me a, a couple seeds, and I'll see about starting some. Get them in my greenhouse; they'll probably get bigger than what you could have. Well, probably. <laughs> but you know, one thing with starting seeds, and like it, because it is this time, let's chat a little bit about this. One, uh, when we used to grow up in the farm, my mom always used to get dirt from outside in the garden, and we'd try to start seeds in it. They would always what they call damp off. Yes. Damping off, uh, they'd get so high and they'd be like, oh look at these, and then all of a sudden they would just die and all flip. Top flop over. I I haven't had that problem since I've used um, milled sphagnum moss. Okay. It's it's real c- kind of fine, and I what I do is I I use these little six packs to start my seeds in. Mm-hmm. Are they, they the plastic ones? Because yeah. you can get some made out of peat material or no. Plastic. This is, this is a little plastic. Okay. Six holes, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll when this plant gets up to the second leaves or third leaves. I'll transplant it into peat pots. Okay. When I put it in the peat pot, I sprinkle this sphagnum moss around the top and then spray it with water, and I, I don't have any problem with uh, that. Well, off. I haven't had any problems since I've been buying 
pot or um, seed starting soil because that's sterilized. The thing with when you get that what's called damping off, it's a type of a fungus, mm-hmm. which is probably everywhere. And when we used to do it on the farm, well, obviously the soil was probably filled with it and we just didn't think anything about it. Uh, this is not very expensive stuff. And so it's oh, no. taking, not taking a chance. I put it on everything when I transplant them into pots. And I, I have, uh, yesterday I potted five ornamental cabbage. Cabbage is okay. They're, they're started. And uh, I have started this year from seed dahlias and cannon. And I got uh, some growing th- of each. You have cannas, lilies you started from seed? Yeah. Do you think they will get big enough to, to um, actually flower? Because, see, the thing with flowers sometimes, they have a longer range before they will actually get big enough to flower. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, did, I, I uh, guess this I'm, is, I'm... This is the first time I've tried Oh, so cannon. it's an experiment. Uh, that's the first time I did cannon. But I have done with uh, dahlias before, and I've gotten dahlias. Decent. Yeah. And then I, they have, then they'll have tubers underneath them, and I dig them up from in the, the fall. From the seed, really? From the seed. Wow. Uh, when you get them out there in the garden, they'll form tubers underneath Did there. you buy the seed, or are these from your, because you grow, No, obviously. I buy them. Okay, because, you know, Harvey is a huge dahlia grower, and and I figured maybe, I didn't know if you took seeds from your. No, I, I, I never take seeds from anything. I buy new seed, uh, you know, some people, are, it's kind of a movement where a lot yeah. of people are getting into that. But that, Yeah, if, if you want to do that, you know, that's, that's fine. I, 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 I don't uh, discourage anybody from doing it. A lot of times your um, um, one type of seed dole does not follow true. on If it's a hybrid, hybrid. right. <laughs> yeah, if it's an heirloom type where it's, that's the original plant. Otherwise, what, a lot of times it'll happen, it'll flip back to whatever the original yeah. plant was. So, so it isn't always, uh, doesn't always true. work. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've, and I've got onions going already. I got two flats. And of those onions. need to be started really early, oh, right? Yeah. When did you start those? Oh, I started those uh, in February. And how are they looking? They look like little grasses. Yeah, up? they're up. I've got, I got those flats, and they've got that little uh, plastic hood over the top. Yep. To well, I had to take the hood off because they're hitting the hood. And that's so to they're hit, up keep it moist and humid. Yeah. They like that. And when I do onions, though, I do. I take two flats, one is solid and one has holes in it. So the one with holes I put on inside the other one and then I put my um, uh, uh, planting mix down (coughs) for the seeds and I always water in between the two so the water is down at the bottom. So it sucks it up from the bottom then? It's always from the bottom. So you're not uh, pour- yeah because onions you know There's spray them or anything they all flop over and the seeds are so tiny too yeah and so I water from the bottom okay and that works good for me that's good and so is it's kind of too late to actually start onion seeds now don't you think or I, I would think it'll be a little late <coughs> most of mine are all coming up already there's a I see a few little stragglers coming up, but uh, what kinds do you plant? Is there a certain variety? <coughs> Not uh, so much a variety as I. I try yellow ones are the most common. They're popular, yeah. White ones are hard to get seed. Oh, really? Um, fine seed, um, and then reds. I plant. I plant each one of those, and I've always done that because we've always taken them down to the county fair to show. Yeah. And there's a class for red onions, a class for white, and a class for yellow onions. So a lot of things that I do, it comes through 4-H. 
Oh, uh, me too. Because my background was like, like I said, I remember mom helping di- mom and dad in the garden. The first thing we would, I remember as a kid, they would make hills for planting potatoes. And our job was, you know, they had cut the potatoes with the eyes. And our job was to make sure to put one or two, depending on how good the eye looked, in each hole and make sure it was the right side up. Mm-hmm. And then um, mom and dad would cover it. And then our job was to tamp it. So we would stomp, 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 stomp. <laughs> <laughs> up and down the road and keep covered with dirt. And so that was, you know, some of my first memories was of gardening, doing potatoes with my parents. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, um, it's, I, my kids went through 4-H, my grandchildren went through 4-H, so I was involved with 4-H for years. And then when all of my grandchildren um, graduated from 4-H, I switched over to the open class and, and now he's uh, a master gardener. Yeah, I took my sister and I took the master gardener class probably twelve years ago, okay. thirteen years ago. So yeah, it's been enjoyable. I got to tell you, my uh, when I started doing gardening project for 4-H, one year I planted a, a zucchini squash, and I I didn't have any ideas. Just like, oh, here's something I've never done before, so I'll plant it. Well, so I didn't realize zucchini you're supposed to, you know, pick them when they're little. So I just let the thing grow and grow and grow, and it was probably eighteen inches long. And I remember being so proud, thinking like, wow, I've got this. Look how good of a zucchini. A zucchini? Yeah. No, they, they do get big. They don't. Oh, I know, but you're supposed to, when, but when you pick them to show and to eat, you're, they're supposed to be small. You really? don't. Oh, Harvey. No, that, that's news to me. No, I, no, no. Because that's not a normal size for zucchini. Because well, you're supposed to pick them when, like if you, yeah, you're supposed to pick them when they're maybe six inches long, the longer ones, and that's that's the good eating one. Well, I was so proud I had this gigantic one, <laughs> and so I was carrying, <laughs> in fact, my sister and I, it was so cute, we took a towel and we wrapped it around, we had carried it like a baby because it was such a big one, and we went and we was like, we'd say, oh, this is our baby, this is Herbie the zucchini, <laughs> and so I remember showing him, and I got a pink on it because zucchinis, to be good for eating, are supposed to be, you know, you pick them when they're small. And I plant what's called the cue ball ones there, and they can get to be big as bowling balls, but you pick them when they're the size of a, like a, a, a billiard ball, and that's when they're the best. I, I think you got something mixed up there. No, I don't. Zucchini is a winter uh, squash. No, no, zucchini is a summer. I'll duke it out with you. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm thinking He's of something He's thinking else. of something else, yeah. yeah. So zucchini, no, you don't want, because no. they get okay. tough and they get dry. Yes, and, I, I and agree with you. And tasteless. So anyway, that was my first experience, and that's how, because of 4-H, I learned that next year I'm not going to bring the, the giantest, but they do have categories for the largest vegetable, yes. which <laughs> I could have won in had I known that was a class. Now, now after I get the right vegetable, yes, uh, usually one uh, green zucchini, We'll just leave on the vine until... Uh, just for kicks. R- just for kicks, take it in. As the biggest, uh, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, they'll get a foot and a half long. Oh, I know, because like I said, this one was huge, and I just was so proud of myself. I thought, I'm going to have the, the best zucchini, and I'm going to get a blue or purple ribbon, and uh, I got a pink ribbon, which is uh, fourth place, which is the last you can get in that 4-H-M. But uh, now I'm, I do have a winter garden. I've got a heated garage. That's right. You've got the heated garage. I've got, there must be 70 pots out there of plants. Right now, I am um, weaning some hens. Hens and chicks. Hens and chicks. No chickens, they're ha- they're, they're plants. They're having little babies, and so I'm separating some of those and starting new plants now. And I'll probably have some of those down at the plant sale this 
spring. Too. Are these the ones that are hardy for our area? Because I have, you know, I, ne- I never used to think hens and chicks because they're in the succulent family, kind of like cactus family. Mm-hmm. I always thought that, you know, you couldn't grow them out. But there's actually, I think it's a prickly pear cactus you can grow yep. in our zone. And I've got one in my, people see that in the yard. They go, I can't believe, you know, this is in Arizona. How do you have this? And there's one that's hardy. And the hens and chicks are hardy, too. And they'll come back. I'm going to find out this year okay. because <laughs> I, I've got a, a lot of babies now. And I've got, oh, I've got over three dozen already and so i'm going to put some out in the ground and leave them over winter um but i'll just keep some in the pots and i'll bring them back in so if those don't work i can always get more little ones and stuff like that i have begonias uh flowering right now do you i have three so you leave them in the pot all yeah okay Uh, i got three begonias that are flowering right now um yeah what else a lot lot of different things i have out there i've got uh, my uh, my um Gerbera daisies are, are flowering. I have the ones that you put in the landscape, not mm-hmm. the ones that are kind of short lived, but they're yeah. they're they've been flo- they flower year round. And I've got a, one pot out here um, belongs to my daughter out there, and she had it in school and didn't look good. She brought it out there, and so now I got it all greened up. Isn't the, that the hibiscus? No, this this is uh, a Gerber daisy. Oh, she's got one. Okay, yeah, she's in fact she's got one in school, and then she's got this one here. She's got two of them. Okay, now this tree that i have is a hibiscus, hibiscus tree isn't that blossoming too no oh, it's now. it doesn't look very good because oh. <laughs> i i'm overwintering it for somebody and i told her i said no guarantees and and um i had some problems with it and and before i could straighten it out i think part of it might be dead but i'm i'm hoping that once i get out in the sun it, it'll start but some of it still showed up uh, leaves and stuff so and I know people, well, we're going to have snow now, so it won't be this weekend, but a lot of people want to get out in the yard and do stuff. Don't. No. It's too wet. If you go out there, you're going to compact the soil. You move the soil, you're going to get giant clods. Don't do it. I mean, it's so tempting because I have done that in the past, and I have ruined soil that it's, I mean, it's, it takes years to get it back to a decent shape. Sit by a window and look out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's something else that I just got on <coughs> yesterday from the DNR. Um, the DNR is encouraging people, homeowners, to compost and not burn uh, in an effort to prevent wildfires, the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources urges woodland property owners to compost their yard waste rather than burn it. And they say burning should be a last resort for your yard waste, especially in April and May when wildfire risk is especially high. Composting prevents wildfires and reduces air pollution, so it's the safest possible way to manage yard debris. And the University of Minnesota Extensions, of which the Master Gardeners are part of, offers a step-by-step guide to composting yard waste on its uh, website. But it says, for landowners who feel they must burn their yard debris, now is the time to do it. That's because annual burning restrictions will take effect immediately after the snow melt occurs, which will happen soon in parts of Minnesota. Three inches of snow significantly reduces the chances that a fire will escape and burn unintended areas or endangered lives, homes, and neighboring properties. If a yard waste fire does escape, the homeowner is responsible for any damage it does to nearby properties. So, and, and it also says a DNR permit is not required in many locations where there's sufficient snow, but check your local regulations prior to burning anything. And once those burning restrictions are issued, burning debris will be banned and no permits will be issued. So just, uh, and you know, composting is such a good thing anyway. And I know you've got a giant one. I've got 
compost. I, I compost all the leaves and grass and stuff. And as far as wood, no, we got I got a lot of trees around there and a lot of branches I pick up and stuff. And I got a pile. I was going to burn it, uh, but every Do it year, soon. no, every year I'm not going to burn it because oh. every year it just seems to get smaller. And and so it's good for it wildlife does, too. Yeah, and it it deteriorates underneath there. Blue Earth County, you have to have a burn permit. And uh, you get it at the sheriff's office, and it's not too expensive, and it's good for one year. I have um, some conservation acres that we burn every once in a while, and so I have to have that that uh, permit. And then the day that you burn, you got to call in and notify them, so they notify the fire department. So they don't come out. Yeah. <laughs> and because you got to pay for that too, I think. Yeah. You know. So hey, I just got a note from my husband says we have some tulips just starting to come through the ground out back on the south side of the house by the raised beds cool so um so those little tulips are going to get a big blanket of snow overnight but but you know it's on the south side so yes. it's kind of my little microclimate there it gets very very warm and it also gets very dry sometimes so the summer i've got to be very diligent but that's cool so i've got some tulips coming yeah they're, they'll come up and early uh other things as well, too, daffodils and some of those Crocus others. Crocus, yeah, they'll come up early and stuff, and then they'll get a snow. Um, and that won't kill them. They'll be fine. No, but a lot of times uh, uh, if it gets a real late snow, or freeze. like on daffodils and stuff, yeah. uh, th- and if they're blossoming already, that will hurt their blossoms. Right. There are some things that can withstand it a lot. But, but you know what this means? If my tulips are starting to come up, I've got to get the fences out because... I you got a little deer problem, no, rabbit problem. Voles, voles, and voles, and little deer, and and you know, a little especially the baby bunnies. They're not discerning as far as food because they just it's like, oh, let me try this, yum. You know, all summer we have trouble with deer. Coming you? up. Yeah, because you're in the country. Uh, I've got, I've got more hardware on my gardens than <laughs> than you have plants. <laughs> but it and a lot of times things will be eaten that normally deer don't eat. Right, because they're desperate, they're hungry. Well, it's babies come up, and they don't know what tastes good yet. True. And so they'll go on. Uh, I had a lot of them eat asparagus last fall. I got my asparagus bed. Yeah, they took some of those right down to the ground. (laughs) But (laughs) they came back, didn't they? Yeah, well, they were. I were always done with them, and they were sitting there ready to just go dormant in the fall, and they come and ate some before they froze. And they like um, rosebuds. I've got a rose garden uh, with about 30 rose plants in it. and they The buds like are the part that makes the flower, so you have flowerless plants. Yeah. Dang uh, it. Well, I, I last year at uh, fair time, I, a couple of days before, I was out there, and, and I, I saw some uh, roses. I thought, I'm going to enter those. And, <laughs> and next morning, <laughs> I went out gone. to get them, and they were gone. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you know, I had that problem with my giant hibiscus uh, flowers. Uh, One day they were were great, and the next day then, like the beginning of the day, oh, I'm going to pick this for later on. And by the time I got there, the Japanese beetles had, you know, ate ate a little hole in them. Yeah. Yeah. So then they're no good. Anyway, so what are you going to do next? Because now Harvey's been planting his peppers. He's going to start planting his tomatoes. And so it's okay, like in the first two weeks in April, to start your tomato plants. What, to start by seed, what else is next? Cabbage. Broccoli, eggplant, um, a lot of those things I'll start now. Okay. Uh, about the same time as the tomatoes. And, that. and I really think a key part is having a heating pad under your, 
your seeds to get them going if you don't because they, they need the heat to germinate where, where people have most time when they uh, to germinate that might be a good idea i never use the heat pad out where i have well you've got heated i've place. got a heated yeah. garage and it's it's fairly warm and even anyway. my house is not warm enough to and then the other thing is i put uh, these underneath shop lights and it, it's only just a couple inches off the top of the plastic so there's heat from the bulbs too so it, it that keeps helps. it warm underneath yep. there. And, and by a seed starting soil something that's been sterilized yes. you know when when i was a kid i do remember my mom getting because we have the damping off problem she actually did take a giant pan and put it full of dirt in the oven and try and like sterilize, sterilize. it i just remember that it was turned into this really dry caked <laughs> dirt the thing to remember is get a um, potting mix potting not, mix not potting soil right mix or sometimes they call it seed starting mix uh, yeah for starting seeds but even in when i repot them i want a potting mix not potting soil yes because potting soil is heavy right potting mixes gets a little bit more area it and needs stuff. that well drained yeah. well harvey it's always great to chat with you uh, i imagine you're going to go out and be planting seeds with all this snow what else is there to do right right <laughs> well i it, it takes me a while it takes me about um, two hours and four gallons of water when I water all my plants. Oh, well, it's a good thing you're retired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks, Harvey. You're welcome. Yeah, bye-bye. Always good to have Harvey. Harvey Hess, Master Gardener, and I'm a Master Gardener, too, and it's always fun to chat with other gardeners. It's two minutes past 10, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning at KMSU Radio, 89.7 FM in Mankato, and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at kmsu.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, big ideas and real-world thinking. In news headline, the population of the greater Mankato area grew by 4.3%, over the past seven years, which is a slower pace than the state average of 5%, according to new estimates from the U.S. Census Bureau. The St. Cloud area grew at 4.5%, and Rochester added 5.5% to its population. And the Mankato region posted job gains in February that were much stronger than other cities and the state. The Mankato North Mankato Metropolitan Statistical Area, which is all of Blue Earth and Nicola County, saw a 29 percent gain in jobs that's compared uh, compared to February in 2017 and it's been the case for several months local manufacturers were adding jobs at a brisk pace manufacturing jobs rose 4.3 percent over year over year locally with 406 jobs added that's the biggest manufacturing gain locally since 2013 and service jobs were up by 2.8 percent and the government added 1.6 percent to its job numbers Average hourly rates locally rose from $25.44 from $24.20 a year earlier. And the two people arrested on Tuesday after a police chase in Mankato are facing felony drug possession charges, among others. Both Angel M. Sabillion, age 29, of Cleveland, and Shane L. Santoro, 38, of Wasika, were charged with fifth-degree possession of a controlled substance Wednesday in Blue Earth County District Court. Sabillion also charged with a felony for fleeing police officer in a motor vehicle, while both face multiple misdemeanors.